Hello and welcome to a Rondo side quest um, where we tend to focus on a single game that we have been playing recently and we would all like to talk about and just focus on this one thing rather than babble about anything and everything like we usually do in our regular episodes. This is uh, side quest number two and today we're talking about uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. With me I have Eric Carton. Hello. And Alex Reese. Hey there. And myself, I'm Jim Mirberg, and let's talk about Ori in the Blind Forest. Alex, you haven't finished the game, have you? No, I've played up to the first, like, third of the game, I guess. Like, you have to get three things in the beginning, and I got the first one of the three things. Okay, cool. Eric? I actually haven't finished the game, but I've played uh, some four or five hours of it. Okay, so. cool. Uh, myself, I have finished it. took about 10 hours in total. I did try to 100% it, but I nearly succeeded. <laughs> Missed one thing that I actually collected, but then I died and forgot to collect it again before I, I left the area. Let's maybe focus on first on um, what is Ori in the Blind Forest. You want to go, Alex, or...? No, you go ahead. You have much more info than I do. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it is basically a uh, 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania-like um, platformer. It's kind of one big massive op open-ish world um, that you unlock piece by piece as you gain new abilities. It's technically a three-dimensional game, but presented in a uh, 2D uh, uh, format. And it's one of the prettiest games out this year, if you ask me. And if you haven't even seen anything from it, at least do that much. Um, and in general, just go and try play it, because it's kind of awesome. It does have its issues, but we'll get to that. Next thing I'd like to see is what everyone's first impression of the game was. So why don't you start, Eric? Of course you see what it looked like. That's the first impression you always see. True, but I, I was meaning more um, the first like five, ten minutes into the game because it has a kind of high impact, if you ask me, compared to most games. Yeah, it starts it starts really awesome. It's, uh, the, even the story seems quite promising. And uh, what, it, what it kind of... Kind of it gives an impression of it's like you are playing a, a Ghibli movie. That's yep. kind. That's the kind of impression I I got got from it, and uh, even more so than when I started Nino Kuni, which was <laughs> yep, which is the official Ghibli game. But yes, yeah, they they've actually really captured the feeling of playing a Ghibli game, actually at least in the beginning. Agree. Yeah. I'd say the pacing is kind of slowish, though. Like, I got started on the game and I had like two hours set aside to play it, and the beginning of the game felt like it was hampering me down. I just wanted to get down and straight, like, hit the road running, and that really doesn't do that, but for a very good reason. Like, aesthetically wise, it's really cool, and it kind of the, the beginning of the game really makes you care about the characters, I guess. 
On the other hand, there were so many like, oh, so cute and oh no, poor creature moments that I kind of felt like it was forced. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, I, I mostly agree with Eric that it, it opens up amazingly. Um, it, it feels like a Ghibli or a Pixar movie. I mean, to me, it, it the opening almost reminds me of the kind of emotional effect that the intro sequence to Pixar's Up movie aims for. Of course, it's a bit shorter and you're interacting with it, but it still really feels that deep and that kind of touching. And I mean, George, for example, I convinced him to play the game solely by showing him the first like two minutes of the game on YouTube. He's like, okay, I need to play this. And I mean, I was blown away. Initially, though, I didn't actually play it myself the first time I saw it. It was my girlfriend who, who played it and this summer and I myself only played it from beginning to end properly uh, about a month ago now. And second time around, it does feel like it has a bit less of an impact. But of course, that's probably because it's the second time I see it. But you know, it, it's definitely one of the most amazing openings to a game uh, I've ever experienced. Yeah, I had really had the feeling that it's like this child, uh, child pop-up art book. Like you go flipping the pages and things come up. And, yeah. and there's like a small text beneath each image but the image tells a lot more than what's written and it's very subtle and it's very classy yeah exactly um and there's a whole game to be honest to some degree feels a bit like that which is quite amazing I guess that kind of moves us on into the, the, the visuals and the graphics of the game because they're some of the most outstanding ones um, that have come out from anything this year, if you ask me. Yeah, they, they look very artsy. Uh, my wife was watching me play yesterday and she was like, you know, you could take any screenshot of this game, put it up on a poster and it would look great on our wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, it really would. Uh, it doesn't really matter where you are in the game. Um, any level, any any room, anything, doing anything, um, it always looks amazing. And I mean, I do have about 30-odd screenshots. Um, I downloaded off of some article where he took 4K screenshots off the PC version just because my girlfriend, girlfriend wanted um, a bunch of them to use as wallpapers. Right, and uh, the the one thing the one thing that I like is that there's uh, technically there's not a lot of uh, impressive stuff going on. It's just all of the all of it is just the art style and how they've managed to man- managed True. to use it to that to their advantage. Totally, though the the lighting I found like really really nice. They do some very very nice particle effects on that thing, yes. and the, the the color of the lightning plays a very important role, I think, in in the whole feel of the game. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm not sure if they had to do a lot of work with that themselves. Um, I mean, the game is built using the Unity engine, so probably they had to do a lot of work on getting the lighting work right for them, rather than just use whatever's available in Unity. That said, I haven't really toyed with Unity much myself, but I would imagine it doesn't have super advanced lighting. Well, you, what Unity you put has, in is what you get out, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but Unity, Unity, Unity is ha, has been. I mean, it's not. It's it's a really good engine these days. True. So it's uh, you can use it for just about anything, and 
even Blizzard is using it for Hearthstone. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, well, it's 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 a it's it's it started as this cheap cheap engine, as opposed to un- the Unreal's and <laughs> other 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 engines. But now I mm. think because because uh, because it's such a powerful engine and such an accessible engine. Uh, even even the even the guys that guys that Epic have realized that there's uh, there's value in having an engine like that. That that's why that's why they released the new Unreal. Cool. Yep. Uh, for for basically free, unless and uh, there there's a, there's there's some the the licenses you make if you make enough money and then but then anyway that's that's the thing. So uh, the engine is not the issue issue True. at all. Uh, so. And, uh, but, but really, but really what they are, what they are doing with, uh, Ori is that they, it's not, that there's not, uh, I mean, of course, there, there, there's some pretty lighting and pretty particle effects, but I don't think technically something that's, uh, that, that is super impressive, uh, from a technic- technical standpoint, but, uh, as, as, a from from an artistic standpoint and how it's how they are, they are using those they are, that's some that's some really pretty work that they've done there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think like if I had to find another game to compare the art style to, that would be Rayman Legends. Like, yes, <sighs> they're very high res graphics and the colors are really stand out and they're kind of cartoonish, but Rayman's a bit more cartoonish than Ori is. Ori has this ludic. Kind of dreamy feeling to it. Yeah, I think what stands out visually between those two games, though, is that if I recall right, the Rayman games and uh, Child of Light, for example, are engines based on 2D graphics and animated as 2D sprites, kind of, uh, with some 3D elements to it. While in Ori, everything is technically a 3D object, it's just presented from a 2D perspective. Yeah, I think. It- Every 2D game actually these days runs on a 3D engine, and you just flip the camera around. But yeah, you do have a point that like the backgrounds in Ori have a bit more depth to them, yeah. and are a bit more alive. And like, there's this very very nice front layer that kind of gets you curious about stuff. Like every now and then, a creature in black would pass by. And yeah, in, in a silhouette. Yeah, I yeah. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about visuals and the art style? Aside from what we talked about, and oh my god, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> well, I guess we'll leave it as leave it at the uh, oh my god, it's fucking amazing, and move on to, for example, gameplay. Uh, yeah. Personally, I really like the gameplay. It's I, I probably classify it one of the best platforming games I've ever played. Okay, that's kind of exaggeration, uh, but <laughs> it is pretty solid. I think like I have this overall feeling about Ori that it crosses a lot of boxes in the checklist for a good game. Okay, and yet somehow like it kind of feels like it was created with this intent and checking check boxes. But it kind of lacks, like, I don't know what the word would be, but I don't know, veracity or genuineness or 
originality in, in some of the aspects? I don't know. Maybe a little bit, yeah. But I mean, admittedly, though, the gameplay, after two hours, you've only kind of scratch the surface of what the gameplay does because as you progress through the game you unlock more and more abilities that open up how you traverse the environment how you um, attack enemies and, and dodge enemies and stuff which in the beginning it feels like a very basic platforming game but as you unlock more abilities and get to more complicated areas where you need to use various abilities in various crazy combinations even to to just get past it um it starts getting very interesting and very satisfying pulling some of those things off and it just feels kind of amazing um some aspects of it almost reminds me of uh this flash game back in the day called fancy pants adventures if anyone oh, remembers yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah it it almost feels a bit like that at certain points ori once you start like getting up to speed you jump you 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 glide through the air you kind of like bash and all kinds of stuff all the different abilities you unlock kind of just flows together really nicely at certain points i think i think what 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 i i've noticed is that it, it's a really traditional kind of metroidvania it's uh it doesn't do it doesn't do much to add to the formula of what, for example, Super Metroid has done. That's that's what that's what I that's what I kind of noticed when when I was playing it. So, in this game, you get abilities, but in Super Metroid, you get uh, additional additional weapons. Like, okay, so now you can now you can blast the door with this rocket, and uh, that's that, now that's you a, can backtrack and and redo yeah. like the whole map you've done five minutes ago. Yeah. From a different perspective. Yeah, are yeah. you riffs on that? And like yep. Castlevania Symphony of the Night had that as well, right? A lot of that. Yeah, it it had a lot of that, but it's also Symphony of the Night also added the kind of the RPG elements to it. And or, or I think Ori is kind of uh using the Super Metroid template more there. I mean they are they are do they are pulling it off really well. Uh it works, yep. but they are not adding ad, they are not adding much to it. That's 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 what I that's what I kind of kind of noticed. So true. On the other hand, like if you stop looking for originality and uh, start looking for just elements of a good game, it has it all, right? Like yeah, I think the yeah. the, the the timing on the jumps and the way the character reacts is really slick, and like the collision detection stop notch. You don't get any false non jumps or like there's platforms that look like you can climb to, but you can't. Kind of cannot. This stuff just doesn't happen. Yep. And uh, how they also put together puzzles without like using the word puzzle or even having puzzle elements, but just making puzzles out of the environment and your abilities and you having to figure out ways to move through stuff. It's really, really cool what they've done. I think like the last game I've played that had that kind of puzzling going on was Mario 64. Yeah, true. Mario 64 had quite a bit of that. Um, and I mean, they they expand on it even more in in later on in the game. It, it starts getting quite impressive. Some of, some of the environment like puzzles they do. Um, uh, one of the more standout ones is probably in the in a kind of frozen um, temple ish or where dungeon, whatever you call it, because the whole map is kind of open, but parts of it are kind of like this is a dungeon, but it's still part of the map. Yeah. Um, but but one of the the more standout ones in terms of puzzles in the environment is the the frozen one. I don't remember what it's called, but you kind of 
actually no it's it's not frozen it's it's lava slash frozen it's confusing but you have this ball that starts following you around when while you're in there that kind of freezes everything that's close to you so all of a sudden flowing lava that's flow, flowing down the wall and kind of like going around the curve if you jump on it with the, while holding this ball thingy, the lava around you freezes so you can walk on it and then you can just walk along the curve of the wall and gravity follows you around as the wall curves. So you end up having a lot of puzzles traversing that. So you end up like standing upside down on the platform with gravity now effectively being upwards or sideways. So you have to jump off the platform and you fall sideways or upways and, stu- and stuff like that, um, which is quite cool. Um, and generally anything around you that's, you're not being frozen by the the ball you're holding is either lava or spike, so you die if you touch it. Yeah. So, but um, that's probably more, or, or it's probably better to explain that with a video rather than trying to explain it with words, to be honest, because <laughs> it is quite confusing um, initially when you look at it, but as soon as you kind of like just do it, it, it just makes sense and clicks, and, and you're like, wow, this is cool. Right. The the other thing that had me smiling for this game was the fact that it kind of balances out your powers with your ability to save the game. Because like, yeah. the, they both use mana or energy or whatever it is that, the, that they call it. Spirit orbs, the yeah, spirit cells. Yeah. Whatever, and yeah. uh, it's like you're always risking maybe losing half of your progress to kind of be able to go through the next room or scene or whatever you call it yes i, I found it very cool that they they, they do this juggling yeah also, i mean we, we should probably expand on that a bit more um to people who haven't played the game basically um yeah. you have two meters in the game one is your life energy and one is your spirit energy if you want to attack something you need to use spirit energy and that is consumed when you do it you have a basic attack that doesn't consume any spirit energy, but it doesn't do much damage. Anything more powerful that you unlock throughout the progress of the game uses spirit energy. If you want to save your progress, you have to also use spirit energy to save progress. If you don't have any spirit energy, you cannot save. The only thing you can do is either find a save point, which um, is kind of like a shrine, and there's maybe six of them in the whole world, or go back to a previous save point if you've unlocked a skill um, that allows you to reuse save points, which is one of the first skills in the game. So generally you would have that if you've played for more than a couple of hours. Um, but that balance is kind of interesting, especially um, in the early stages of the game. You're like, do I want to save or do I want to be able to kill things? <laughs> yeah. And also the fact that Ori makes like being killed not such a big deal. It's kind of like Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Where if, if, you, if you die, you just basically reappear. The music doesn't stop. You just keep with the flow. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no loading screen and to interrupt your gameplay. Like, oh shit, I'm dead. Okay, I'm back at the last save point. Let's go. Yeah, oh, shit, they, nice. they kind of expect you to die. There's even a there's even, yeah. a, even a death counter. So yeah, it's there's, like there's a death counter, and I think there's an achievement even um, or trophy for dying X number of times. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope it's like yeah, I hope it's a zero amount of times that they, you get the trophy for. There, there is one where you have to complete the game without dying as well. Um, yeah. There's also a trophy where you have to complete the game in less than three hours, which means that they intended people to replay the game, hopefully. Well, I guess they're getting into the speedrun stuff, right? Yep. Do you get to see Samus in a bikini? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would bet not. <laughs> is she in there? I haven't seen her if she is. So, but no, and the 
coming on to the whole um, speedrunning and replayability, um, one thing I found annoying is that certain areas of the map, once you've completed them, you cannot go back in there again, which means if you missed picking up a... Um, a spirit orb or a life orb, which basically increases your total spirit or life that you can store, you can't get it again. That's just it. Just move on. If you want to get that one, do it next time you start the game over from scratch. Kind of thing, which is a bit annoying, especially um, when I realized I'd missed one that I actually had collected in an area. I'd gone down there, I'd found this secret hidden life orb, collected it, and then as I left, I died, and I forgot to pick it up again before say, uh, before leaving. Um, because I saved as I got in there, then found the thing, and then started leaving and died, and then I just left. And it wasn't until after I'd gotten out of there and that area was now locked off that I realized, oh shit, I, I missed that one. Even though I did collect it, technically. So, hence, I couldn't get 100% completion. <laughs> right. I haven't, I haven't, uh, so you said yeah, there's an achievement for dying and dying X amount of time. It's like this kind of haha, you suck achievement, though. Like, I don't know, uh, I think it's like use 50 um, or respawn at a save point like 50 times or something. I think there's an achievement for, if I recall. Um, I, I saw something like that pop up when I was playing. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there there is an achievement for it. So I know there's definitely one for um, completing the game in three hours and one for not dying at all. Or completing the game without dying. I'm I, I'm not sure how I feel about this kind of shame achievements. Like, it, yeah, you have <laughs> true, but at the same I time, actually achieved, right? <laughs> well, you've played the game. I mean, a lot of games dole out fuck tons of achievement uh, achievements for just like, oh, you've completed another mission. Here's more points. Oh, you've completed another mission. Here's more points. And in Ori, it's kind of like you've played enough to die fifty times. You have achieved something. You've gotten far enough through the game. You've stuck with it despite dying a lot. You're still, like, fighting the good fight or something, I guess, rather than just you fucking suck. Because I don't think anyone could get through the game on a first playthrough, never having played it before, without dying at least 50 times. Right. There's a uh, there's there's an achievement in one of the uh, Dead or Alive games where we, where you have to lose uh, online twenty times in a row, and it's like something called Ninja Dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so if to, if you want to uh, actually com- complete the com- get the get the best trophy out of the game, you have to lose twenty times too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In a row. That's that's. So that's 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 cool. Yep. Uh, but that's that's the, that's the kind of achievement I I don't really <laughs> enjoy. Yeah, no, it, it it's not a fun one to try to get. <laughs> but I mean, dying fifty times, I'm okay with because it will happen as you play the game naturally anyway. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I, I've died that many times. Good to know. <laughs> right. But but on the, but in uh, but on the same topic, in, in I don't think. While 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 the game kind of expects you to die, uh, there's it's it's not like in Super Meat Boy where you are you are really expected to grind through the uh, grind through the sections uh, fifty times, one hundred times, one hundred and fifty <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So that's 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 also also something I th- I don't think I don't think any section has for, for me at least been more than two or three goes. Okay. There are a couple of sections where I probably had about 10, 15 failures 
uh, there's a there's a couple kind of like end mission thingies where um, like a tree floods with water and you have to flee from the water while things are basically just collapsing all around you and stuff and there's no checkpoint along the way you can't save along the way so it's just if you die at all you just start over from when the tree starts flooding again and it is a good two three minutes worth at least to get out of there and there's a lot of stuff happening and it's going to take you a while to figure out exactly where everything is is happening so some things will kill you unless you know they're coming um and you won't know they're coming until you've actually died from it once at least right i i had quite a few situations where i just like hit a dead end somehow and i'd still keep trying to figure out ways to get past that end that that end for a while like with enemies and stuff because you know like is really clever in sometimes using enemies to break sure. shit around in the environment yep. and allowing you to go through. So I've I've lost like a good five ten lives just on that ends like that. <laughs> yeah, true. No, it it does do that. It does do that quite a lot in the beginning of the game. A bit less so towards the second half of the game, but it still does it. Right. You have a lot more what's it called abilities by the second half of the game. So most of those things you can kind of break on your own. Right. Well. I guess that kind of leads into another topic like yep. about the beginning of the game itself that the fact that the game doesn't have a tutorial for me it's like 300,000 plus bonus bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I agree to be honest. It it's it doesn't have a tutorial. It just has a beginning of the story where you just start and try to get get through things, which is quite nice rather than here's how you do this, here's how you press this button kind of thing when i first saw the, the 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 guiding light like the blue spirit thingy i thought oh shit here we are with hey listen again <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out not to be so i'm so glad it didn't yep so yeah no that that thing basically just bugs you when you reach a major story point yeah uh, but uh, but in the, but on the same token i think what kind of kind of uh lets you do that is that uh the game is simplistic enough so that you don't actually, so you can kind of figure out, okay, so this button does this, this button does this. Yeah. What if I combine these two move, moves this next time? Yep. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing it has to tutorial is like some button prompts, like, oh yeah, pull the right trigger to grab and grab hold of stones and, and pull them, kind of thing. And that's yeah. about yeah. it. It's just a tip and it doesn't interrupt your gameplay, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the only thing left in the gameplay area is um, I want to mention the top records because the game actually has a scoreboard and a global scoreboard where you can list it either by time or by percent completed or by percent completed and time and stuff. And last I checked, the fastest complete run through of the game was like 28 minutes from beginning till conclusion of the story. I think it was only 28% complete, though, so 28% of the world had actually been visited, which is quite impressive. Was there any, were, were there any recordings of that? Like, dude, does it actually show you how, how the other guy, guy has played? Uh, no, it doesn't record it. It just it, It's a standard leaderboard with numbers and names. Because that sounds like uh, you seen the guy has been skipping a lot of areas. He might have actually like do, done some some sequence breaking or something 
Um, yeah. Not necessarily, because, I mean, there is an achievement for completing the game in under three hours. And technically, a lot of the game world ex- is exploratory. You don't have to go to it specifically to just progress the story, but you kind of want to because there could be secret things there. There could be power-ups there. Um, a lot of areas aren't directly connected to the story at all. It's just there's more stuff to find in there, more things to collect. Um, and actually, come to think of it, I think there's even an achievement for completing the game without collecting any power-ups or um, using any skill points or anything. Literally finishing it pretty much with the basic stuff um, you would get as the story progresses on its own, which is very little. <laughs> Oh, that would be pretty hard. Yep. I guess, like, to to, to round it up gameplay-wise, all I can say is, like, I played two hours yesterday of Ori, and I actually had intentions to just play one hour, but I... (laughs) It kept it had me keep on going and, and like just the, the, the pacing of the game is so cool that it took me like the extreme point of oh my god I have to go to the toilet to actually <laughs> stop playing up before I peed my pants. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. Um the first evening I sat down to play it properly myself, I started at like seven o'clock in the evening and I think I finished at one and said, Okay, fuck this, I need to go to bed. Um, <laughs> and I, I did a similar thing the next day, really. So the first two days I played, I, I did like nine hours or, or something of, of playtime. But right. yeah, no, it's very hard to put down because it, it just feels so good to play. True. That said, I don't feel the urge to go back today and play it. That's weird. Something's wrong with you, man. <laughs> You're just not right in the head. <laughs> just go play it a bit after this and you'll, you, you won't be, you'll be up till 4 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure of that, but it's just weird that I don't want to go back to it. Yeah, actually, I ha- I have the same thing, but I I kind of think that it has to do with uh, the story. the The gameplay is awesome, but I'm not really I'm not really like I need to see what happens next. Yeah, true, true. Yes, and that does lead us into story, I guess, which was the next topic I wanted to cover. To me, the story, um, it starts out very promising and very amazing. And then it doesn't do very much with it. I mean, technically, the actual story elements of the game probably only run for about 10 to 20 minutes at most. The rest of the playtime is you basically running around the world doing stuff. And there's kind of not much story while you do that. At the same time, though, the story for what it is... It's quite good, if you ask me. There's some interesting points of it where the bad guy might not be so bad, but it's still a bad guy kind of thing, which I find quite interesting. Um, and obviously, I don't want to try spoil the story, but I, I quite like it for what it is. It's just there's maybe not enough of it. A bit like, I guess, Destiny when it first came out. <laughs> but that said, um, it's still a really good game for what it is. Um the story just it, it had a lot more it has a lot more potential than the little of it you get in the game but that's not to say it's bad but destiny destiny does have a story it's just locked behind uh what was it uh, the cards that you the get the grimoire cards yes the grimoire cards yes <laughs> yes but taking no, the game at face the value time to explain why they don't have time to explain <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, and but there, Destiny at face then, value. Then there's, the, yeah. then there's the flavor text on the guns. That, that's also important storytelling. 
<laughs> and you know, yeah. when you don't know something, the answer is just that it came from the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the issue is that it's uh, it starts promisingly and then it's like, okay, this there are three elements that that are needed to balance the world and that's pretty much the whole story there. Well, actually it's not three by the end of it. It's <laughs> it's quite a few more things to be honest, but um it actually I think follows a bit of an ocarina of time thing there where first there's three things and then there's a bunch of other things. It's not an ocarina of time thing, it's a Zelda thing or a Zelda thing. In The Link to the Past, you get three pendants, then you go to seven castles to get seven other things, then with those seven things, you actually open the portal to the Dark Dimension, and in okay. the Dark Dimension, you can actually get the three pieces of the Drivers. But anyway... Yes, uh, um, Ori, I think, <laughs> if I recall correctly, it's three things first, and then it's six things after that. Um, or it could just yeah. be six things. Wow. I, I should probably have maybe researched this a bit before we started recording this. It has been a month since I played it. <laughs> But this, that, that's the that's the that's the whole thing that it's the it's about all about okay so we got these these things we collected now we need to collect more things and that's the plot to collect things <laughs> <laughs> kind of yes but at the same time though um as you collect those things you do like revive each area of the forest which is kind of required to actually collect this thing because it's like some spirit stone in in a tree that has died and. To collect it, you kind of have to revive the tree and revive that whole area and bring it back to life kind of thing. So at least it's not just, just go and pick up this stone. It's just a bit annoying to get to it. You're you're actually kind of doing good and in in the world um, and the creatures in the world by, by collecting this thing as well. Oh, the cheese. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> how, how would you put it? That's the item collection plotline in a nutshell. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, you you go to a guy. Okay, so you had this sword. I want your sword. Well, I I'll give you my sword, but first you need to find my son. That someone in the forest is lost, and then yep. you find the son. The son <laughs> wants something to go back to his dad. But before that, you need to collect something something else to get whatever the son wants, and then you go five five to six steps, and then you go backwards again. Yeah, you <laughs> just explain Zelda in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, <laughs> however, Ori doesn't really function like that. It's more just, um, we need to find this thing. It's in this part of the forest, and kind of as you explore the forest, you at the same time kind of end up re uh, revitalizing it, and especially once you find this rock, you kind of have to, like, resurrect it or re-energize it and stuff and that kind of resurrects the forest it's not like you talk to people and like hey please help me revive my forest it looks so dead i'm so bored here it's just like you kind of explore the world and the environment kind of lends itself to the to the adventure and ex explaining that you're improving the world rather than people telling you if that makes right. sense Though the, the the shitty thing about the story in Ori is that like from the very beginning you are the one like the whole forest has given all its might of or the last you know drops of its energy to you so now you have to save it because you're the one true uh but anyway i don't know why are we complaining about this like in mario what's the story again yeah you're fucking and mario then... go save the princess dude yeah and, <laughs> and in zelda what's the story again you're link <laughs> You're fucking Link. You're the hero of time, predestined by the prophets and gods. Go save the princess, dude. 
<laughs> exactly. I guess like Ori falls into its own trap because it sets it up for like such a big story of that very artsy beginning. And then it turns out to be just, and I'm air quoting, just a platforming or a really good platforming game. But it fails short on delivering on the promise from the beginning. And I think that's that's what gets this feeling of like something missing in the story. But on the other hand, like it has more story than any platformer should have. <laughs> True. So but at, at the same time I I don't fully agree that it's a bit like Mario or Zelda where you're the one. It it does kind of paint a bit of a you're the one, the child that the tree of the forest lost and basically searched for. It feels a bit more kind of generic in a way and or, or organic it's not like you're just this thing and you happen to have come from some spirit tree rather than you are the predestined one to save everyone it's like well shit the forest has died i want to save my friends kind of thing i don't know right but then why would the forest lend you its whole strength again well it wasn't necessarily the whole forest it was just the one spirit tree in the forest which was that kind kept of the whole th- Forest alive. alive, true. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're the child of the forest. You're Jesus of the of the forest, or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, it, it feels less. It feels more organic in the sense that he just wants to save people, rather than people are telling him, "You're the one. You need to save us, dude. What the fuck? Do something." It, it's more like just he's just ended up in this situation, and he just kind of moves on and does what he can because he feels like it's the right thing. I don't know. Right. It's it's a lot less like you're the hero of time. Your job is to save everyone. Now go do it, dude, because it's what your job is. True. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not fully sure how to properly put it put it into words, but ho- hopefully it makes sense what I'm saying. Uh, but <laughs> I guess the issue was that what Alex said that it's not it's not that the story is simplistic. It's kind of just like it sets it up as the the beginning kind of sets it up to be something other than it actually is. True. It it does. But at the same time, it, it serves its purpose of hooking you into the game. And once you're in there, and unless you're playing it only for the story, you'd probably be quite hooked on it due to the visuals and the gameplay, I would say. Well, you know, I think like the game industry as a whole in the, 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 in the last few years has been clamoring for stupid things like story in gamey games. And uh, people keep saying, oh, make me care about your characters. And I come back to my point that Ori is trying really, really hard to cross all checkboxes, kind of like in a methodical way. True. So like, oh, I've made this intro. It's going to make you care about the character. You know? True, yeah. It it does kind of try to do that. But I I think it succeeds in a lot of ways as well. But also fails in some others but for the most part i think it succeeds i think it does succeed in crossing every box but i don't think it makes a cohesive whole out of it and that's for me the the only shortfall i see in or like look it's a game that does everything right but it's not a game that's going to be remembered for generations and i think the 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 reason for that is just because it isn't very organic in doing so it's just as I said, crossing checkboxes. Yeah, true. I do kind of agree with that. Um, I mean, to me, it it feels like the game starts out amazing and kind of seems to promise things it never really gets around to fulfilling, in a way. Right. Yeah. That said, 
I really enjoyed the game the whole way through. I did quite like the story, um, some of the plot twists as well, but at the same time, it just it felt like something was, was missing. There could have been more to it. And of course, it takes a while to get through it as well with very, very little story in between when you spend four hours just trying to get all the collectibles all over the map, you kind of lose track of what the story is doing. <laughs> but it has a lot of promise. It doesn't necessarily fulfill all of them, but I think it does a good enough job that it's more more than a worthwhile game to play. And I mean, if you do like platformers at all, it's pretty much a must play, I, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good in that respect. I think like the other indie game I'd compare it to is uh, Gianna's Sisters Twisted Dreams. It okay. has kind of like a very good art style also going for it. It's also very good in just the the platforming action, the, the, the feel of the game. It's kind of cool. very slick. Yeah. No, I, I can't but say I've played that. that game, with that game, I have to say, uh, with the Gianna Sisters, uh, the, the new one, I have to say that the issue with that game is that there's really no variety in uh, areas. <laughs> Like, True, but then that's, at all. The, that's the problem with Ori as well, right? Like, I, I feel like Ori, again, crossed all checkboxes, but they have, what, like five enemy models? Uh, there's quite a few more when you get further in the game. But right. well. There's still more than Genesis, by the way. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, I think maybe there's um, maybe like ten potentially might be pushing it a little bit when it comes to enemy models because you end up having slight variations of certain enemies as well but right, it's like just mostly blobs and frogs right uh well, no there, there's a few others as well um right. but Jim, yeah. that's what we call palette swaps <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah I, I i guess we we have moved on from story a bit and more towards the, the conclusion talking point at this point to use the word point yes, a lot. <laughs> I think you have a point there. <laughs> Very good point. Well, this time I think I, I think we were kind of all on the same page. Yeah. I was I was I was hoping I was hoping George would be here. He'd have a differing opinion so we could have some someone rant about something <laughs> but we don't yep. sadly nope. george uh, was mia for about an hour while we were waiting to record this anyway i think i mean it's great platformer and it's absolutely worth playing but like it's uh, like alex said it's probably not something you're going to remember in 10 years true and, and that yeah. the that's that's kind of a shame because yeah, it's it's it, it is from an artistic standpoint and from a gameplay standpoint, it's uh, it's really good. But it's there's also the kind of feeling that it's uh, that on that on a lot of areas it's just ticking checkboxes. That's that's my conclusion on it. Cool. Yep. Jim, uh, final words. I kind of said it before, and I mean, uh, I think it opens up amazingly. It just doesn't feel like it fulfills all the promises it makes early on in the game but that said it's still probably one of my favorite 2d platformers i've ever played admittedly i don't play a lot of 2d platformers so personally i will probably still remember war in the blind forest in 10 years simply because to me personally it stands out as this 
this one quirky indie game that I actually played the whole way through, first of all, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed the whole way through, and it felt like I candy the whole way through as well. And also the, the impact the story had initially, the first like five minutes of the game when I first played it, had a, a pretty pretty astonishing impact on me. At least first time I saw it when my girlfriend was playing it, I was like, oh my god, I have to play this, which happened like four months later. But, you know, I, I think I'll remember this game in, in 10 years still quite fondly. It's just a shame it doesn't for, fulfill all the promises it seems like it makes in the beginning of it. But it's definitely a game that you should play if you have any kind of liking towards platformers at all. Yeah, you should definitely pick this game up. Alex, I guess you're the last one. Well, I, I think I kind of rounded up uh, in the very beginning of our like conclusion section. But I feel Ori is a worthwhile game to play. I don't think I'm going to spend more than the two hours I put into it. Just not because the game's bad, but just because I feel like I got to know what the game is and I got everything that I wanted from it. I don't really look forward to seeing the story develop. I don't care enough about its character to see how it rolls out. Fair enough. But that's fine, you know? Yep. Like, I... I don't see why that would be a bad thing. I think gamey games are the the real good type of games, and I personally hate everything that can be labeled interactive entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, Kojima. True. So you're not in, you're, so you're not in the visual novel crowd. No. You don't want you don't <laughs> want your games to be about dating anime waifus. <laughs> <laughs> no, surely not. <laughs> well, I guess we know what Eric plays in his free time now. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Are you sure? I have to. I spend too much time playing fighting games to have time for that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so you spend time I beating up chidi girls instead of dating them. That, yeah, that just I have an sounds really wrong, Alex. I, I know. I, I have an <laughs> alibi. To. That's what I said. I have an alibi. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, rounding it up, I think worth or is a the very worthwhile play. I think like it's a very quirky indie game. It's unbelievable that it's actually done by an indie team. I think like the quality of the art is so extraordinary that you'd suspect like Ubisoft or Sony was injecting money behind this thing yeah. or Microsoft in this case. I mean, I, I do believe Microsoft were injecting money into it because it's a Xbox and PC exclusive, but it was very much made by an indie studio and I think they spent five years working on it. Right, and it shows. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. What a great looking game. Yep. Yeah, I guess if I had to give it a score, I'd give it like an eight and a half. Cool. We should probably all give scores, to be honest. Probably should have done that in the previous side quest as well. <laughs> um, Eric, you want to go for a score? I'd go for an 8. Cool. Um, I would probably go for a 8.7. Okay, so we are using that kind of decimal system. <laughs> <laughs> well, the IGN decimal system. Alex said 8.5, so I, I feel I want to give it a 9. But at the same time, I don't fully want to because it didn't fulfill all the promises I felt it gave me in the early early parts of the game. But it still deserves a near 9 score. So I'd say probably 8.7, 8. I think. Okay. I, I guess that's the episode. Like always, you can 
you can talk to us online. We are on Twitter at least. Yeah, true. So I've been Jim Mirberg and I've been joined by Alex and Eric. You guys want to say goodbyes? Yeah. Um, I've been Alex. My Twitter handle is at AlexMRice. And you can find our website at Rondo.io if you feel like leaving a comment or something on the SoundCloud player. would be really cool to, to see what you think. I'm Eric, and my Twitter, Twitter handle is Freon. That's F-R-A-E-O-N. And uh, yeah, if you have something to comment on what we've what we've been talking about you can hit hit us up on uh, on the soundcloud comments or over twitter it'll be nice yep we love feedback haven't gotten much so far (laughs) (laughs) mostly just friends via private im but hey (laughs) still counts yeah still counts thanks to everyone listening and um hope you guys enjoy playing ori have a good one Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.